Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. want to see any more movement please let us honor the presence of the holy spirit and let us settle amen Amen. let us settle oh i'm going to preach hallelujah well um by the grace of god we began sharing a very important message very very important message about two weeks ago, um, we started sharing about the statutes of loyalty. The statutes of loyalty. And we are sharing from one of the most powerful books that our father, the presiding bishop, Dagwood Mills, has written. He has written many, many books. And this is one of them. And we are sharing from this book. It is Leaders and Loyalty. And we are sharing from chapter 2 of that book, Statutes of Loyalty. Hallelujah. And I think um, we began by sharing some few statutes or some few laws. And what was the first law that we shared? What was the first statute of loyalty? Oh, were you in church last time we met? The head of an organization must first be loyal to his subordinate. Hallelujah. Please turn to your notes because we share. Don't make me feel that um, I shared with some other group. I don't want to say which group. The head of an organization must first be loyal to his subordinate. Hallelujah. And what was the second statute? Loyalty is the key to expansion. Hallelujah. Loyalty is the key to expansion. And I believe we shared so many things from these two laws. I didn't give you a third one, did I? Wonderful. So please, if you were not in church, I want to encourage you to listen to the podcast. And I believe you'll be blessed. Hallelujah. Listen to the podcast and you'll be blessed. And today we want to continue. We want to continue... And I want to give you, can you close the door, please? We want to continue with a third law. And the third law says loyalty breeds loyalty. Loyalty breeds loyalty. I want to encourage all of you, if you do not have a copy of the book, I want to encourage you to have a copy. You can buy one electronically. They are not expensive at all. Buy one electronically online. The Leaders and Loyalty. Now, the third law says loyalty breeds loyalty. Or loyalty gives birth to loyalty. Hallelujah. Loyalty breeds loyalty. Now, what this means is that when you are loyal to people, you will also generate loyalty towards you. Hallelujah. 
when you are loyal to people, when you are loyal in your relationship, you will also generate loyalty towards you, yourself. Hallelujah. There are people, there are people in your life or in relations with that you ought to be loyal. You ought to be loyal to the people that you relate to. Now, one of such people or one such person that you ought to be loyal to is God. Hallelujah. You ought to be loyal to God. You ought to be loyal in your relationship with God. Amen. God is actually expecting you to be loyal. No excuse about that. God is expecting that we be loyal to him. In our relationship with him, he's expecting that we be loyal. Hallelujah. Because you see, one thing is, when you are loyal to God, you will automatically be loyal to a lot of other people. When you have a loyal relationship with God, it will make you loyal in all other relationships that you have. Amen. When you are loyal to God, it it will also generate loyalty towards you. Other people will see loyalty in you and they will relate to you with loyalty. Amen. We ought to be loyal when it comes to our relationship with God. Amen. Now, the other group that you ought to be loyal to is your church. You ought to be loyal to your church. Hallelujah. You ought to be loyal to the church that you belong to. If you are a member of a church, you ought to be loyal. You are expected to do the work that you have chosen to do in the church. And just as you are loyal at your workplaces and you choose to go, even when it is challenging and difficult, you also ought to be loyal to the church. If you have been assigned to do work, you ought to be loyal to that work. You ought to be committed to doing that work. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? If you are given something to do in the church, be loyal about it. Take it to heart. Pray about it. If you are a chorister, it's not only the leader that ought to pray. If you are a chorister, if you are a worship person, you lead worship, you ought to be loyal to what you are doing. If you are a pastor in a church, you ought to be loyal to your members. If your church members are expecting you to be here, you ought to be here. Isn't that so? Except for circumstances that are way beyond your control. But you ought to be loyal to your members. Some church members feel disappointed when they come to church and the pastor is not there. Isn't that so? And they say, ah, but where is pastor? And they are asking. So also, if you are a member of the church, you also ought to be loyal to your pastor. Why should your pastor stay up all night, prepare a message for you, prepare a message for you, and you don't show up? Amen. He prepares a message for you, and sometimes as you are preparing, the Spirit ministers to you about certain people. The Spirit ministers to you about certain people, and then you come and they don't show up. Even you, you, when you cook, when you prepare food for your husband, and he comes and he doesn't eat it, you are not happy. You are not happy. And then you have been all sorts of suspicion. He must have eaten here. He may, somebody may have eaten or given him food here and food there. And you are not happy. Isn't that so? So why do you think it is okay that you come to church, your pastor has prepared a message for you, 
and you don't show up. I don't think it is fair. What do you think? It is not fair. Hallelujah. So you ought to be loyal to your church. Now the other person that you ought to be loyal to is your spouse. You ought to be loyal to your spouse. In your marriage, you ought to be loyal. Hallelujah. And you also ought to be loyal to your friends. You have to be loyal to your friends. Amen. If you are loyal to your friends, you also generate loyalty towards you. Hallelujah. You will find out that they are also being loyal to you. A good example is from David. Let us turn to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 26. 1 Samuel chapter 26. And um, verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 26 and verse 1. He says, now, some men from Ziph came to Saul at Gibeah to tell him, David is hiding on the hill of Hakila, which overlooks Jeshimon. So Saul took 3,000 of Israel's elite troops and went to hunt him down in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul camped along the road beside the hill of Hakila, near Jeshimon, where David was hiding. When David learned that Saul had come after him into the wilderness, he sent out spies to verify the report of Saul's arrival. Verse 5. David slipped over to Saul's camp one night to look around. Saul and Abner, the son of Ner, the commander of Saul's army, were sleeping inside a ring, listen, inside a ring formed by the slumbering warriors. So, you see, when they form a ring, when they camp like that and the king has to sleep, the warriors, they form a ring with their, with their chariots and with their wagons they form a ring, a big ring. And then the king is in the center. And he's sleeping in the center. Can you envisage what scene that is? He says that Saul had come. He says Saul was... Where were we? Verse 5. He said David slipped over to Saul's camp one night to look around. Saul and Abner, the son of Ned, the commander of the army... They were sleeping inside a ring formed by the slumbering warriors. Now, these warriors are supposed to keep watch when the king is sleeping. And then David says, who will volunteer to go in there with me? He asked his friends. He says, David asked Ahimelech, the Hittite, and Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, Joab's brother. I will go with you, Abishai replied. So David and Abishai went right into Saul's camp and found him asleep. Are you understanding what I'm sharing? He says they found him asleep with his spear stuck in the ground beside his head. Look at that scene. The, the, The big camp surrounding them the whole camp, they were asleep. 
And David managed to slip through them into the center of the ring and found Saul and Abner asleep. And Saul's sword, the king's sword, stuck on the ground beside his head. The Lord is showing us something. He says, verse 8. He says, God has surely handed your enemy over to you this time. How many of you agree with me? That when your enemy is chasing after you and you come to a scene like this, all his bodyguards are sleeping. The commander, the chief commander is also sleeping. And the king is sleeping. And his sword is right next to his neck. So, he says, God has surely, surely, without a doubt, handed your enemy over to you this time. Abishai whispered to David. And he said, let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of the spear. I won't need to strike twice. No, David said, don't kill him. For who can remain innocent after attacking the Lord's anointed? Surely, the Lord will strike Saul down someday, or he will die of old age or in a battle. The Lord forbid that I should kill the one he has anointed. But take his spear and that jug of water beside his head, and then let's get out of here. So David took the spear and jug of water that were near Saul's head. Then he and Abishai got away without anyone seeing them or even waking up because the Lord had put Saul's man into a deep sleep. Hallelujah. The Lord had put Saul's man into a deep sleep. Amen. But look at that. He says here, he says, God has surely handed your enemies over to you this time. Abishad whispered to David, let me, let me, don't do anything. Let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of the spear. I won't need to strike him twice. Hallelujah. You see, your friends, your friends always know the people who are for you and the ones who are not for you. Your friends know your enemies. They know, you see, Abishai had been with David and he had seen the torture and the trouble that Saul had put this young man through. So, you see, your friends know the difficulty that you are going through because of some enemies that you have. And sometimes your friends often want to fight your battle for you. They want to take their battle. They want to take the fight upon themselves. Hallelujah. If your, 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 your friend knows of someone who doesn't like you, your friend, a, a, a true friend, he knows of someone who doesn't like you, and he or she goes to a place, say she or he is invited to a party, and then she sees another, the person that doesn't like you. You see, you are not there. You are not there, but your friend is fighting for you. 
Sometimes your friend will call you and say, you won't believe who is here also. You won't believe who they invited to this party. I don't even know why they invited her to the... Listen, the person has not done anything to you, but because she's attacking your friend. He said, you should come and see even what she's wearing. I don't even know the colors she's wearing. They don't match. You see, your friend is fighting your battle for you. Hallelujah. Sometimes you see, your friend has done something. uh, the, The enemy has done something to you, not to your friend. But your friend right there is taking the battle upon himself. He says, it is you that they can do something like this too. Uh, they should bring it, they should bring it someplace else. They should, they should, they should, you see, they know where to take their fight. But they should bring it, you see, no, they can't bring something like this even to my backyard. Not the front yard. This is my backyard. You see, and the, the, the person has not done anything to him or her. But she's talking so that the person will hear. Sometimes she's talking so that the fight will be directed to him. You see? Because she knows you, you are too cool. You know, it is you they can do such a thing to. But let them bring it to the right place. Let them bring it to the right place. They will see something. If she's a real woman, she should know where to bring the real thing. He says, such nonsense, they don't pass behind my backyard. Such nonsense. Hallelujah. And they take over the fight. They take, you see, this is what Abishai was doing. He says, look, you don't need to have all these murder issues and later on, you know, they are prosecuting. Leave the fight to me. I will strike him once. I will strike him. Sometimes your friend will say, I will say something to her. She will never come. She will never forget. But you, you don't have that thing to say. Hallelujah. And you see, you see, your friend is also so justified. So justified about the conditions that have prevailed. You see, sometimes what the person is doing, your friend sees it as so wrong. And everyone sees it as so wrong and so justified that even she or he taking the battle or taking the fight is justified. Hallelujah. So if you see how David, if you see how the the, the camp was set up and the king is sleeping and his commander is sleeping and all the people are sleeping, you know that God has orchestrated this. For you to really take action today. Hallelujah. For you to take action today. But David did not do that. David took the opportunity to teach them one of the greatest lessons in life. David, you know, he says, let me strike him once. Don't get any blood on your hand. Let me strike him once. She will never say such a thing about you again. She will never do such a thing. But David says, leave him alone. David says, no, don't kill him. For who can remain innocent after attacking the Lord's anointed? Who can remain innocent after attacking the Lord's anointed? You cannot remain innocent when you attack the Lord's anointed. He used opportunity to teach them a very great lesson. That, you see, that is why sometimes if you are in a church and you see a man of God doing certain things that you don't like and you are so justified to say certain things about him. 
You are so justified saying all sorts of things. That is why I say, if you are in a church and you see, for instance, you say, oh, the pastor is using the money. The pastor is using the church money to do this. And and you do not like it and you are not happy and you feel uncomfortable to receive from that pastor. The best thing for you to do is to leave. Do not strike the Lord's anointed. Do not strike the Lord's anointed. You cannot strike the Lord's anointed and be guiltless. Hallelujah. You cannot strike the Lord's anointed. The best thing for you, so that you don't say anything against the Lord's anointed, is to leave the place. Because you see, you are justified. And the embarrassment is so obvious. There is that evidence that the pastor has slept with this woman. And so you are justified to say all sorts of things about him. But David said, yes, I know that he has troubled me. I know that he has put me through a lot of difficulties. I know that I am innocent and is chasing a flea in the mountains out of nothing. But leave it alone. Do not strike the Lord's anointed. Do not strike the Lord's anointed. Hallelujah. He says, Surely, the Lord will strike Saul down someday. The Lord will strike Saul down someday. He will die of old age or in battle. Now, that is the problem that you and I have. We cannot wait for the Lord to strike. We, can, we think that the Lord takes too much time. But David said, someday the Lord will take care of this issue. Someday the Lord will take care of this issue. That you do not need to react right away that the person is doing this. Oh, let us take him out. No, we don't need. Let us gather and speak about this. What he's doing is not right. And then you're having all sorts of meetings. Hallelujah. But David said, leave it alone. Leave it alone. In the Lord's own time. Even if it will be old age, even if you will live to 90 years old, even if you will live to 120 years old, leave it alone. Hallelujah. He says, leave it alone. Leave it alone. Do not strike the Lord's anointed. There's a scripture in Romans chapter 12 and verse 17. It says, Romans chapter 12 and verse 17. It says, never pay back evil with more evil. Never. As a Christian, never pay back evil with more evil. Now, evil is obvious. Evil, anything that is evil is obvious. And when you are revenging against evil, it is justified. But the Bible says, never pay evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Hallelujah. That you are honorable. Leave it and do that such everyone can see that you are honorable. And verse 19, what does it say? It says, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. As much as it depends on you as a Christian, do all that you can to live in peace. Wake up before I call your name. You know yourself, so wake up. Are you bored by my message? I'm preaching a very important message and you are sleeping. This is a life message, a lifetime message that you need. Hallelujah. 
He says, do all that you can. You see, you would have missed that because you are not doing all that you can to make everyone live in peace. I just woke you up. Thank God for that. <laughs> Verse 19. He says, dear friends, never take revenge. Never take revenge. He says, leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. He says, leave that. Leave the revenge to me. He says, vengeance is mine. The vengeance is mine. Leave it to me. I will repay them. It may take time, but leave it to me. It may take time, but leave it to me. And then, that is what David did. David left it to the Lord. So if you go to, if you go to 2 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, now, it says, there was a long war. 2 Samuel chapter 3 verse 1. It says, now there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. But David waxed stronger and stronger. And the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. Do you remember how many of the elite troops that David, uh, Saul took to chase David? 3,000 of the elite troops of Israel. And how many men did David have? About 600 men. But the, as the Lord was with David, the Bible said the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker as the house of David waxed stronger and stronger. Look, it will take time, but you will see that the camp of your enemies, the camp of your enemies, as you leave it to the Lord, you see that the camp of your enemies, they are waxing weaker and weaker. You see that they don't have power anymore. You see that they don't have strength anymore because the Lord is on your side. And if you leave it on your side, if you leave it for the Lord to take vengeance, you see that your camp is waxing stronger and stronger. Hallelujah. Your camp will work stronger. The Lord will disintegrate the camp of your enemies. I see the Lord disintegrate the camp of your enemies. When people gather against you, when people gather to discuss you, when people gather to desire your evil, may the Lord send confusion in the midst of them. The Lord will send the spirit of confusion in the midst of them. And that is what the Lord did in the camp of David. If you continue to read this chapter, you will see that there was confusion in the camp of David. That his army commander, now he was even accused of committing adultery sleeping with somebody's wife and this and and then there, there was so much confusion in their camp hallelujah he says vengeance is mine leave it to the lord amen vengeance is mine don't let your friends take your battles sometimes it's okay to say that no leave it alone christians don't do that yes i know what she did was wrong i know what he did was wrong but leave it to the lord hallelujah David said, do not attack the Lord's anointed. No one can attack the Lord's anointed and get away with it. Amen. Now, David taught them this great lesson of loyalty that bears loyalty. Because several years later, several years later, if you read a book, you'll see it here in um, page 40 in the electronic form. It says, many years later, David himself made a mistake. He murdered one of his own soldiers called Uriah. David could have lost his life through that mistake. Many of his leaders could have revolted and assassinated him. However, this did not happen. Why? 
because his men were loyal to the king's authority. They refused to kill the Lord's anointed because they had learnt it by the example many years earlier that David taught them. Hallelujah. Let your life teach people examples. Amen. That we do not rise up against the Lord's anointed. That when you are loyal, you also generate loyalty towards you. Hallelujah. Sometimes your friends are ready to take the battle, justified fight, but teach them David's lesson that we do not rise up to take revenge, but we leave it in the hands of the Lord. One day, they will also remember this loyalty. I say one day, they will also remember this loyalty, and they will rise up to be loyal to you. Hallelujah. The next one is disloyalty breeds disloyalty. Disloyalty breeds disloyalty. Disloyalty breeds disloyalty. Now that is the opposite of what we just read. That when you are disloyal, you also generate disloyalty towards you. When you are disloyal amongst people, they learn this disloyalty from you and it generates disloyalty also towards you. Now a good example, we learn of a good example from 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings Chapter 18. There's a good example from King Ahab and his prime minister Obadiah in 1 Kings chapter 18. And I'll read from verse 3. It says, it says Meanwhile, let us read. It says, Meanwhile, there, there was famine, a famine that had become very severe in Samaria. So Ahab summoned Obadiah, who was in charge of the palace. Obadiah was a devoted follower of the law. When you read the King James Version, he said, Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. He says he feared the Lord greatly. He says, once when Jezebel had tried, listen to his, what Obadiah did. He says, once when Jezebel had tried to kill all the prophets of the Lord. You see, oh, this king Ahab, he was made king by the Lord. He was placed on the throne by the Lord. And with time, he turned against the Lord. He became disloyal. He introduced several different kinds of gods into the system through his wife Jezebel. May the Lord deliver you from a Jezebelic wife. Hallelujah. Young men, may the Lord deliver you from a Jezebelic wife. And those who are married, may your wife never turn to be a Jezebelic woman. Hallelujah. So he says, Obadiah was a devoted follower of the Lord. Once when Jezebel had tried to kill all the lost prophets, Obadiah had hidden hundred of them in two caves. He put 50 prophets in each cave, 50 prophets in each cave, and supplied them with food and water. Do you see? This is a place in Samaria where there is a severe famine. A severe famine, and the king's right-hand man, in the midst of severe famine, the king's right-hand man has hidden hundred prophets who were the number one enemies to the king. 
This king Ahab, because of his gods and his, you know what is Okonfor? Those are his, his gods priests, fetish priests. He wanted to kill all the prophets so that his fetish priests would take over. So he didn't like these prophets, so he killed all of them, but he didn't know that his main right-hand man had hidden hundreds of his enemies. Can you imagine that you are in the house with a man, you plan all this, but the man has turned against you, that he has hidden your enemies. Not only has he hidden your enemies, in the midst of famine, he's using the food in your house, secretly feeding your enemies. 50 in this camp, another 50 in the other camp. Because the Bible says he, he feared God greatly. That means his loyalty was to the higher authority. Hallelujah. So look, it says he had hidden 50 of them and supplied them with food and water. Ahab, the king, said to Obadiah, we must check every spring and valley in the land to see if we can find enough grass to save at least some of my horses and mules. Look at that. This king is very wild. People are hungry, but he's worried about his horses and mules. Now, I want you to see the gravity of the situation. That he, the king, told this man, Obadiah, that let's go in the kingdom and find the springs. Let's check all the springs. Perhaps there will be water left in the spring that we can use to feed my horses and mules. So they divided the land between them. Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself, looking for the spring where there's water. And Ahab will come back, and with the water that is left in the king's house, he will take it and give to the king's enemies. Hallelujah. That is what Ahab was doing. He will come back and take the water and give it to the king's enemy. So you realize that Ahab also was disloyal to God. And Obadiah was witness to Ahab's disloyalty. And so it was so easy for him to now also turn against Ahab. It was so easy for Obadiah to be against Ahab. It was so easy for him to take water from his own house to feed his enemy. Hallelujah. Obadiah was the right-hand man of the king. Amen. But like I said, Obadiah's loyalty was to the higher authority. Hallelujah. Obadiah's loyalty was to the higher authority. Whenever you are with your friends and you see you like to gossip about people, when you are with your friends, you like to gossip about them. You like to gossip about people to your friends. They always see you gossiping. You are teaching them, you are teaching them to also learn to gossip about you. Hallelujah. You are teaching them to also learn to gossip about you. You see, I can guarantee you, you show me, show me anyone, anyone who gossips about people to you. Show me any person who gossips about people to you. And I can guarantee you, 100%, without a doubt, with all certainty, without any probability, with 100% surety, that that person will also gossip about you. I can guarantee you that. I can guarantee you that. 
that if you find if you show me a person and he says this person was gossiping about this person to me i can guarantee you 100% without a doubt with all certainty that he or she will gossip about you also wow. i told you about i told you about a place where i work and sometimes i'm working in the night and i'm sitting at the nurse's station and i am doing my things on a computer in my corner and they have a table of round table where the nurses also gather to do their notes and as in the middle of the night you see about four of them have gathered and they are talking about somebody you see and i am my back is like this you see if i describe too much and they listen to because my people are listening to my messages but i believe it will minister to them also so it's okay Hallelujah. So I will hear them talking and talking about this one and talking about that one and talking and talking and talking and then they will, the, the person's break time will come up, one of them, out of the four. And so that person will leave. You see, and as soon as that person leaves, the conversation is about her and they are talking about her. I said, hey! So sometimes I just turn around and say, what a shock. But they don't know why I'm saying that. Hallelujah. I say, if you, if you gossip about people, you can be certain. You can be assured that they will also gossip about you. Hallelujah. So don't teach people disloyalty breeds disloyalty. Amen. Now, the other one, the other one that I want to share with you, the next statute, is that loyalty has a single eye. Loyalty has a single eye. Loyalty has a single eye. Hallelujah. If you are loyal, you choose one thing. You choose one thing and you stick to it or you focus to it. If you are loyal, something. You choose something and you stick to it. If you are loyal, you keep an eye. You keep a single eye. Hallelujah. You choose something. You see, even when you choose, when you choose, the word choose. You see, the word choose is to select or to take from amongst several good ones. Do you see? It says, it, 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 it it means, to choose means there are other several good ones. You have to decide and choose one. Hallelujah. You make a decision and then you choose. If you are loyal, you choose one thing and you stick to it and you focus on it. Doesn't mean that the other ones are not good. But you choose one and you stick to it. Hallelujah. In our relationship to God, we need to have a single eye. If you have decided, you have decided, you have made a decision to serve God, then you need to have a single eye. You need to serve God alone. You make a decision as to whether you will serve God or you serve something else. Hallelujah. There are several Christians, they serve God, but they also have juju. You know what is juju? Yeah. They serve God a little and they serve juju a little. They have God a little and they have Agbalagba also a little. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
There are people who have God, they serve God, but they have other gods also. Other gods that they tend to when there's real problem. Do you see? They go to church, oh, we are happy, we dance, we... But when there's a real problem, when they have real issues, they have some gods that they go to. What do they call such gods in Nigeria? Different, like Ogun. Ogun? They have God and they have Ogun. Hallelujah. They have God that they praise, they sing to, they they pay their tithe, they give offerings. But when they have real issue, when they hear of a real difficulty, they have these small gods that they have to go to. Hallelujah. There are many, many Christians who serve God, they come to church, but they have other, other places that they go to when they have serious trouble. Amen. Hallelujah. As we are sitting here, you'll be amazed to know what are around people's waists. What people are wearing around their waist. Oh, you think I am, I, I am making it up. You see, decency and dignity will not allow us but as we are sitting here, there are things around people's waist. Then they are in church. They are sitting in church. Sometimes people have emergencies and they bring them to the emergency room. They have to strip you naked. Hey! What is this? And then when you take the person to the, to the room, the patient room on the floor, and then they are checking, the nurses come to check What is your religion? Christian. (laughs) Christian, what is that thing on your waist? Hallelujah. Amen. They have other ogun, ogun, that they attend to. When they have serious trouble, they take eggs and they break it. They break eggs. Christian, they, they come to church. And they say, for this thing that you have done to me, they will call some small river. I know of some small river. Some small river. They call the small river. And they say, this river will kill you. Three eggs. One, two, three. Because there's a serious issue. Now, let's put God aside. Hallelujah. And they are breaking eggs. They are breaking eggs. Amen. They are breaking eggs. Sometimes they travel every now and then. They travel to some village to go and pay homage to these gods. But I tell you, if you have a god that you have to buy a ticket and you have to travel, and it's too expensive to serve a god like that. I think it's too expensive. Ah, if you are a god, I have to travel, take a plane, and come and see you. I think it's too much to serve a God like that. It's too expensive. It's not a real God. It's not a real... You have to make a decision. You have to be wise and take a decision. If it's a real God, why can the God not hear you from where he is? Why can the God not hear from afar? That every year you have to go for some festival to that God over there. Ah, Our God... Is a God. He's an omnipotent. He's an omniscient God. He is everywhere. 
He is on you when you are in the toilet. He is on you when you are in the bathroom. He is with you when you are in the kitchen. He is with you when you are at your workplace. He is with you wherever you are. Wherever you are in the forest. When you are in your car. When you are in the street. When you are in the train. In the underground. When you go in the underground. That God is with you. That is a real God. I said that is a real God. That is a real God. So you have to make a decision. Which one you choose. He said, Joshua says, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the almighty God. Make a decision today who you will serve. I said, make a decision today who you will serve. And the God that you choose to serve, the ayat asher ayat, the God that answered by fire, when you call upon him, no matter where you are, he will respond to you. I said, no matter where you are, he will respond to you. You just need to understand his ways. You just need to know his ways. That his ways are not your ways. That is why you are not getting the answers. Hallelujah. He doesn't need you to break eggs. Eat the eggs. Eat the eggs. If you are a Christian and you go home and you see three eggs in front of your door, take them, boil them. Let them boil very well and kill all the gems and eat it and you will be okay. You call upon your God. He says, by the blood of Jesus, you are sanctified. He said, by the blood of Jesus, you are set free. By the blood of Jesus, you are well. And eat the egg. What kind of cheap gods like that? You find Christians, they are sitting in the church and they are having an issue. Two Christians, they are having an issue. And then they, they, they are fighting and then they call some river. I know some river. <laughs> they call some river. He said, this river will kill you. How can a river kill me? A God that made a river. The God that made the river will turn that river against me. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout. Offering. Amen. Make a decision. And stop wasting your money. Stop wasting your money. Serve your God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Be loyal and serious in your relationship with the Lord. Amen. He's the one, he's the only one that can protect you. Hallelujah. But you need one eye. I say you need one eye. He says in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 3, he says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Let there be no other gods. Let there be no other God. Serve one God. Choose and serve him. Hallelujah. The next person you need to be, you have a single eye in relationship with, is your spouse. In your relationship with your spouse, you must be loyal and have a single eye. Hallelujah. You must be loyal and have a single eye. Amen. Okay, if you have married for a while, you will realize that besides your wife, there are several other beautiful women. Do you understand? And in case you don't know, I'm telling you that besides your wife, there are several other beautiful women. Hallelujah. Sometimes even more beautiful than your wife. But you see, a loyal person, you choose one out of the more, out of all the beautiful ones. You choose one and you stick to that one. Hallelujah. And you keep one focus. Amen. You must choose and decide that you are sticking with this one. 
And I was sharing with you, I said, choose. To choose means to select from a number of possibilities. To select from. That means that there are potential, several potential ones. Several potential ones. Equally qualified, but you choose this one and you stick to that one. Hallelujah. It means there are several good ones besides the one that you have chosen. But this is your choice and this is what you stick to. Hallelujah. You make your choice and you stick to that. With, with, with associated, with the persons associated pluses and minuses. You choose that one and you stick to that one. Yes, there are pluses and minuses, but you choose that one and you stick with that. Hallelujah. Now, when you choose, when you choose one, when you choose one, it does not mean that the others have become bad. Do you understand? They are still also good. But you stick to the one that you have chosen. They are still also good. And they also have their pluses and their minuses. They have also not become better. The ones that you left, they have not become better. They are still good with their pluses and their minuses. But you choose this one and you stick with this one. Hallelujah. Why should you then at some point you say that, oh, now I see your minuses. So I am going to the other good to choose another one. With their own minuses and their pluses. Hallelujah. But when you are lawyer, you stick to one. Amen. When you are lawyer, you stick to one. Hallelujah. Because everyone, everyone, if everyone has their plus and their minuses, and anyone that you choose, anyone that you choose will have plus and minuses. Hallelujah. How many of you have cars? You have, let me see who drives a car. You drive a car. Okay. Who drives a car? You drive a car. You drive a car. You drive a car. You drive a car. Can I have the two of you, please? Come. You drive a car. Okay. You stand here. You also drive a car. You also stand here. No, face them. Face them. Okay. She drives a car. She also drives a car. Do you buy gas? Yes. Do you buy gas? Sometimes you take your car for brake repair. Do you take your car for brake repair? Your car breaks, the brakes go down and you need to repair it. Your car brakes goes down and you need to repair it. Do you change your oil? Do you change your oil? Means the oil comes to a stage where you need to change it. You too. Your car gets dirty. You have to take it to the car wash. Your car gets dirty and you pay. Do you also pay to wash your car? Hey. Sometimes your wheel, the, the wheel wears out. You have to change the wheels. Yes. You too. Yes. Your wheel wears out and you change it. Okay. So do you see? They all have the same problem. Now, what car do you drive? Toyota Corolla. Toyota Corolla. Oh, I believe you also drive the Toyota Corolla. No. What car do you drive? I drive Benz. He drives a Mercedes Benz. Hey, she drives a Mercedes Benz. She drives a Toyota Corolla, but they seem to have problems equally. This one has problems, that one also has problems. This one buys gas, this one also buys gas. Your wheel runs out, your wheel, no matter what car you are driving, who has another car? Who, you have another car. Who has, who has another car? Can I, can I, sister, what car do you drive? 
Nissan Juke, the problems that they have, do you have the same problem? Nissan Juke also has the same problem. Do you have a car? Come. You don't have a car? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. I like that answer. Do you fix brakes? Do you buy tires? No. Do you change oil? No. Oh. Do you change your wiper every now and then? No. Do you get tickets? No. Do you get tickets? You also get tickets. When you are sleeping in the morning, do you suddenly wake up and think that you have to move your car to another side? Do you also wake up some suddenly that you have to move your car to another side sometimes? Do you have to wake up suddenly and move your car? So it seems that the only person who does not have car problems is the one who does not have a car. So everyone that has a car problem has car issues. And no matter what car you have, you have problems. So no matter who you marry, as long as you marry, as long as you have a wife, you have wife problems. No matter who you marry, you will have the same wife problems. No matter who you marry, you have the same husband problems. No matter how tall the husband is, no matter how fat he is, no matter how skinny it is, it can be a Mercedes husband, or it can be a Nissan Duke husband, or it can be a Toyota Corolla husband. You will all have the same problem. The only one who will not have a husband problem is the one who does not have the husband. Put your hands together for these ones and let them sit down. Hallelujah. No matter who you marry, you will have the same problems. The only time you will not have the problem is when you don't have married. You, don't, you have not married anyone. So if you are planning to get married, I want you to understand that you are going to have the same problem that I have. Just as this man has, just as this man has, just as that man has, and just as every husband has, you are going to have the same problem. Hallelujah. Amen. So you need to have a single focus. And the one that I choose does not make the other ones better. They have not become better because I chose this one. Now all the other ones have become better. Such that when I see you have a tie problem, I'm running to another car. If I buy another car, I will have another tie problem. Hallelujah. Amen. And what you need is a focus. A single eye. That this is what I've chosen and I will stick to it with all the associated problems. Amen. The, the other place you need to be loyal and have a single eye is your church. Hallelujah. You decide that you join a church and you have a single eye in the church. Don't join a church and you are paying your tithe somewhere. Some of you Western Union, you have to pay your tithe through Western Union. You are being blessed in this church, but your tithe is through Western Union. When you have a single eye, this is where you put your substance. Hallelujah. If, you, if I want to see your loyalty, you see, you see sometimes I check the, um, the tithe record. 
and I see people who say they are leaders. They are leaders in the church and they are working as leaders. They don't pay their tithe. Oh, yes. They don't pay their tithe. They are leaders in the church, but I, I know they have a job that pays salary. They are not self-employed. You see, self-employed, you have, your, your, your income varies. But they have jobs that pay salary, but their tithe vary. Your, your salary is constant, but your tithe is variable. But Jesus says, Jesus says, if you want to know, you see, if you want to know where a man's heart is, if you want to know if the man's heart is in the church, if you want to know if the man is faithful, if you want to know if the man has one focus in the place, he says, it is very easy to find. You don't need to pray, go down, ask the Lord, Father, reveal to me what his heart is, show me what his heart, tell me who he is, show me this. You don't need to investigate his marriage, you don't need to investigate at his workplace, don't ask Look at where his substance is. Just go and find where he puts his substance. There his heart is also. There his heart is also. You don't need to go too far. You don't need to search too far. But there his heart is. You know? So if you are a leader in the church, I know there are the leaders who don't pay their tithe. And I know their hearts are not here. Because if you are a real Christian and a true Christian, your, 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 your treasure will be where your heart is. Amen. Your treasure will be where your heart is. Hallelujah. And that is why I test whose heart is in the church. Amen. That is how I test whose heart is in the church. But if you are in the church, you let your heart be in the church. Amen. Hallelujah. If you are in the church, decide that you will be here. No matter what happens. Decide that you'll be here. You see, God blesses our faithfulness. God blesses our constant. You see, if you look at the scripture that we read in 1 Samuel chapter 26, there's a verse 23 in the New Living Translation. 1 Samuel chapter 26 and verse 23. Look at that. It says, it says, the Lord gives his own reward for doing good and for being loyal for being loyal when you are loyal the lord gives his own reward hallelujah he gives his own reward amen so if you are in a church decide that you'll be in a church and you want to be here and decide that you'll be here don't leave because the people talk about you don't leave the ministry because the people talk about you don't leave to go to another church because they gossip about you. Hallelujah. Because everywhere you go, they will gossip about you. Every church, you see, it's just like a car. If you choose this car, you have car problems. If you choose a church, you have church problems. But, you see, it is the Lord who rewards out of your loyalty. It is your loyalty that the Lord rewards. It is your good that the Lord rewards. Hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes people leave the church because, oh, they were talking about me. They were gossiping about heard that they said it. And sometimes people don't come to church because of that. And when you call, it's because somebody says something about somebody. Hallelujah. How many of you want to know a church where they don't gossip? You want to know a church where they don't gossip? How many of you want to know? You want me to show you? 
Do you want me to show you? Why you complain that they gossip about you? The people, they have mouths. What do you think they will do with their mouths? They will gossip, they will talk. After they have talked about the sales at Macy's, they have talked about the sales at Coles, they have talked about Costco, and they have talked about BJ's, they look, ah, we have to talk. Hey, do you remember, do you saw the, did you see this sister? Hey, I don't know why she was wearing that thing. Ah, it doesn't match. Eh, and the hair. I don't know why she has made her hair start. Did she look in the mirror before she... Eh, I was wondering why she came to church. And the makeup. Ah, so she doesn't look in the mirror that the color doesn't match with. The people have to talk. The people have to talk. They have to talk. They have to talk. Why did she cut her hair? Eh? She's looking like a boy. Now, I don't know why she cut her hair. She's looking like a boy. As for wig, she should never wear wig. Oh, she should never wear wig. Hallelujah! Ah, but that guy, when he was coming to pay his tithe, the way he was walking, what does he think he is? And he walking around like he's. A, they will gossip. They will gossip. They will gossip. Why should that let you leave the church? Every church, women wear wig. Women do makeup that do not match. Women wear lipstick that do not match. People will talk about their lipstick. People will talk about dresses, colors that do not match. People will talk about. So why do you leave one church and go to the other? Why don't you then remain loyal so that you'll be rewarded by a God who rewards loyalty? By a God who rewards loyalty. Amen. You said you wanted to know the church where the people don't talk. They don't gossip about it. It's a church where the, there are no people. The only church where they don't gossip is a church where there are no people. Or the only church where they don't gossip is a church where the people have no mouths. When you find a church like that, then I can guarantee you that they will not gossip about you. But the moment you join that church, they will gossip. Because you will go there. Because you have mouth, and you also begin to talk. Put your hands together for the Lord. And stand onto your feet. Let us bring the service to a close. Oh, pray to the Lord that you will be loyal to your people, the people that you relate to. That you will be loyal to the God that you serve. That you will be loyal to your friends. That you will be loyal to your church. Be loyal in your relationship with your spouse. Be loyal to your boss. Be loyal to your co-workers. Loyalty generates loyalty. This loyalty breeds disloyalty. Oh, ask the Lord. To instill in you loyalty. To instill in you loyalty. When you have fights, leave it up to the Lord. He says, vengeance is mine. Say the Lord. Vengeance is mine. Say the Lord. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Ask the Lord to instill in you a spirit of loyalty, a heart of loyalty. Yes. A heart of loyalty. A heart of loyalty. Oh. 
decide that you will serve God and God alone. He rewards your loyalty. He rewards your loyalty. Oh, yes. 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 Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, Father, help us to be loyal in our relationships. In our relationship to you, oh Lord. Help us to be loyal. To the church, Lord, may we be loyal. To the ministries that we have joined, Lord, may we be loyal. May we take our heart into the ministry. May our heart be in the church. May our heart be in the ministry. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Help us, oh God. Help us, oh God. Help us, oh God. Transform us, oh God. You say you reward our good and our loyalty. You are a rewarder of loyalty. Sweet to as we are loyal to you, Lord. May we receive the reward that comes from you. As we are loyal in our church, may we receive the reward that comes from you. I wanna be. I wanna be. I wanna be where you are. Where you are. I wanna know who you are. I wanna know. My God, who? Oh, you are. Oh, so when you call my name, Lord, I'll say to you, my God, here I am. Oh, I'm listening, Lord. Ah, speak to me. Think I want to see how you see. I want to see, my Lord. How you see Change my heart Change my heart Lord oh, And make yes. me holy Avail your heart to make him He will change you He will transform you He will make you a loyal person Yes Oh yes That doesn't honor you Tonight Oh I'm listening Lord My God Speak to me. Oh, speak to me. Speak to me. Oh, speak to me. Speak to me. I'm listening, Lord. Speak to me. Speak to me. We want to hear your voice, Lord. We want to hear your word. Speak to us. Speak to us. Speak to me. Lord, I'm listening, Lord, speak to me. Father, we are thankful, O oh God. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Father, for ministering to us. We thank you, Lord, for transforming us, giving us a single eye in our relationship to you. Giving us a single eye in our relationship with our spouses. Father, we thank you for giving us a single eye in our relationship to the church. Father, may our hearts be in this church. For you are a rewarder of those who do good and are loyal. You say those who are planted in your court. Those who are planted. Not the ones who move from place to place. But them that are planted, you say they will flourish in the course of our Lord. You said that they will bring fruit in old age. Father, may we never wax old because we are planted 
in your house. May we not lack because we are planted. Because you have given us a single eye. Oh Lord, may you reward us. May we be loyal in our relationship with our friends. Help us, Lord, to be loyal in our relationship with our co-workers. Help us to be loyal in our relationship to our bosses. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise and honor. Father, transform the hearts that are here. We avail our hearts in your hands as clay, oh Lord, that is in the hands of a porter. May you remold our hearts. You say you are able to take that stony heart and give to us a heart of flesh. Transform our hearts, Lord. Let our heart be for you, oh God. You say you are a jealous God. Father, may our service to you have a single eye and a focus in the name of Jesus. No matter what shall transform, no matter what shall transpire, no matter what shall come our way, Lord, we will always serve you. We will always stick by you. We will not serve you and serve other gods. For you say, let there be no other gods before you. Father, we thank you and we bless you in the name of Jesus. If there's anyone here this afternoon, you have not given your life to Christ, with all eyes closed, every head bowed, if you are here this afternoon, you say you want to give your life to Jesus. If that is your prayer, lift up your hand wherever you are, and I'll say a short prayer with you. You are here this afternoon, you want to give your life to Christ, lift up your hand, and I'll say a short prayer with you. Anyone here like that? Do not live here without giving your life to Christ. Do not live here. You come and you always decide, and as you are lifting up your hand, something forces you and it speaks to you and you put your hand down. Make a decision today. You may not have that opportunity again, but it's not by chance that you are here today. Before you can even begin to be loyal to God, you need to give your life to Him. You need to invite Him into your life. If that is you, my brother, my sister, the Lord is speaking to you this afternoon. If that is you, lift up your right hand, wherever you are, and I'll say a short prayer with you. Do not live here without receiving Christ as your Savior. Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Anyone here? Why don't you all join me and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I have sinned. I have sinned against you. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. You died for my sins. You shed your blood on the cross and Calvary all for me. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Lord Jesus, I invite you, I invite you this afternoon to come into my heart. Take control of my life. I give myself to you. Lord Jesus, be my master. Be my savior. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you clap for the Lord as you take your seats? We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. 
Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.